I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Cindy Watts. You're making the dad joke face. (laughs) It's like, it's like this evil, like. Can you even see the dad joke face under the beard? Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's all in the eyes. It's all in the eyes. it's dad joke eyes. It's dad joke eyes. Yeah. Like Betty Davis eyes. Well, not quite. <laughs> you ready? Yep. Because uh, this is I, it's how I welcome you back. Each it time. is. I wouldn't know what to do without it. I just got a call from my son's school. The principal told me that he's been acting up in class. And my response was, he acts up at home all the time, but I don't call you, do I? Mm. <laughs> okay. This is terrible. And I'm just saying it because it doesn't count as one of my three, but I just got to tell you. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Dennis always asks dumb questions like, when's the last time you flossed? Like, bro, you were there. <laughs> Does that mean like the dance or something? No, that means that most people don't floss their oh, teeth. You said dentist. I yeah. thought you said Dennis, like my friend Dennis. I'm like, why is your friend Dennis? See, watching that's you why floss? I ta- okay, good. I tanked that one on purpose. Uh, I was so confused. Okay. I thought, yeah. Well, that erase. This is number two then. Okay. <laughs> Astronomers got tired watching the moon go around the earth for 24 hours. They decided to call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the ever declining stupidness of right. stupider. Because it's not a word. <laughs> what do you call a man who has finished digging? Done. Doug. Doug. <laughs> well, like the little dog on Up. Is his name Doug? His name is Doug. Oh, he's a golden my. retriever. He hides under the porch? Um. Right? He's uh, Does he? I don't even remember him hiding under the porch. I just remember him being like very golden retrievery. Yeah. And Doug was my favorite part. And, <laughs> and, and then I got my friend Jenny got me the stuffed animal. And then when you push its paw, it says... I just met you and I already love you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here's a follow-up question that it used to be in my old podcast. Okay. Would you get a tattoo of Doug from up? Oh no, no, but I did get a golden retriever. You have a tattoo of a golden retriever? No, I own a golden retriever. Oh, (laughs) would you ever get that golden retriever tattooed on you? No, I desperately want a tattoo and I have for years, but I don't know what it would be. So I don't have one and I don't know where I would put it. All right. Well, uh, tattoo uh, desire it has no um, statute of limitations on it because I my brother has the best tattoos on earth and he started acquiring them really when we were in high school and dad just never knew. Oh, wow. Um, and then later in life, they just got better and better. And I always thought I, I wouldn't even know what to put on me. Mm-hmm. And then right as I got divorced, I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Well, then m- maybe my time is coming. <laughs> and I, as what I w- was interested in is I, I put hope on my arm so I would never lose it. <laughs> Don't lose hope, dude. And then I put a dot for each of my kids. So, And it was something only I could see and it would happen every time I played. So I kind of looked down mm-hmm. whenever I'm playing guitar and it's that part of my left arm where I can see myself. And then later in life, I started to put, you know, other reminders to myself about things in my life. Like I have my discography on the upper part of my left. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. So this is my discography here. This is, uh, all the major label albums. And then these are, um, there's solo albums and then musicals. And I I have a lot of catching up to do. I, I need to revisit the, the tattoo guy. Uh, to, That's going to be painful. To update. <laughs> Especially after this year. I was about to say, <laughs> 52 has really got me going. Uh, it'll be, it, I mean, it's not that painful, but. Um, that place in your arm looks oh, like that, that pl- would yes, hurt. The beginning. So there's a, there's an orb here. So time flows this way on the, on the right. thing. So thankfully I don't have to do anything back here, but I thought at the time this is be a great place for it. Cause it is also still private. You wouldn't really see it. Yeah. Right. 
Oh my gosh, I weeped like a small child. I bet as you he did. Was, as he was tattooing that, I was like, dear, why are you hurting me? Like, I was <laughs> mad at him. He's like, well, you're the one who wanted the tattoo there. I was like, ah! Did he tell you this is going to be excruciating? Well, painful? he said you picked a, you know, you picked a place. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, there's a menial nerve that goes right through. I was like, oh my, okay, cool. And I had talked Lindsay L into doing it because she was opening for us at the time we were getting our tattoos. And so she was in the room while I was having this one done. Uh-huh. So I was like trying to hold it together, not to like <laughs> be a, a screaming weasel child. Uh, but <laughs> anyway. Um, well, what else do you have? Because this has nothing oh. to do with our... our, our uh, oh, yeah. Well, my, my whole right arm is a reminder to myself that I am the story I'm writing, is what it says. I like and it. then it has my favorite pencil, which is a Palomino Blackwing pencil that goes all the way up my arm. And really, interestingly, um, it's the only place on your arm mm-hmm. that when I turn, it won't bend the pencil. So there oh. is one line that ru- runs from your elbow to your shoulder that won't turn. See, like if I was to, it's kind of interesting. I'm double jointed. And I, I didn't know, know this at yeah. the time. And he was like, oh, so to get a pencil to go straight up your bicep, there's only one place to put it. And I was like, really? Because this is the actual size of an actual pencil, right? Oh. But um, I, I made the mistake uh, in my 40s of, of thinking that there was a, someone that was writing my story for me. Well, I, I did and write a lot of your story. No, no, no. It was not yeah. you. Uh, it was not you. But uh, I needed to remind myself mm-hmm. that um, uh, I am the story that I'm writing. Yeah. It's my job. Yeah. It's not anybody else's. And uh, in that, oh, that's a great lead into these two songs. Um, this is a very, very rare moment in my career where I'm going to have a conversation about what it's like when Christian gets mad. Mm-hmm. And r- records his mad self. Do I need to have a helmet? <laughs> no. No, I mean, this is a little bit like, uh, you know, I, going into a sword fight with a wet noodle. Like, my mad is really not that mad. Comparatively speaking, it feels like a five alarm fire in my heart. Uh, yeah, I understand. Um, but many times I am so reserved as a person that it never appears that way in a room, right? I can have, uh, I, I, again, like we've talked about this before, but I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. So my, both my parents drank a lot. So I have skills <laughs> that I developed as a kid in order to just sort of make it through. Right. And those skills aren't very appropriate as an adult. But as a kid, they're incredibly appropriate, like learning how to stay quiet, learning how to self-soothe, learning how to feed yourself, learning how to how to pretty much take care of yourself. Right. Um, but it comes with a couple of superhero pieces, like sides to it. One of them is I can disappear in a room in front of you. You're talking to me, something, you look at your watch and I've just taken a step back and I'm in just a step back over here and you just forgot you were talking to me and then now you're on to something else. And it, it worked really well as being the, the partner in Sugarland, right? That, that works great because there's a lot of light shining that went on in that band, you know, because yeah, Jennifer was quite the shiny object, you know? And so what was interesting for me is I had this skill right. that sometimes I would use appropriately or inappropriately where I could be standing there the whole time. I could have had eight hit songs or 10 of them or 25 of them and walk into a radio station and then meet me for the first time. Right. After they've met me for 15 years, (laughs) I, I, I can, I can disappear in an organization. You know, I can, I can not, you could also call it not standing up for yourself. So you realize this is extremely sad. No, right? I, it can be sad, but I'm trying to I'm trying to position this in a way where you understand me a little better. So when you start hearing my song and hear how mad I'm getting, yeah, what kind of level of effort that requires for me? It, it you know how you see a kid like stomping his tantrum in order to get his mom's attention or dad's attention in the grocery store. 
Mm-hmm. And and they have this kind of stoic ig- ig- ignoring the child. And it, it kind of bothers everyone in the room mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, are we on team parent or are we on team child? Like, is the parent abusing the child or is the child abusing the parent in right. this moment? They're in a fight, right? They're in a power struggle. And a lot of times it's hard to, it's hard to, to resist. I know I have a hard time resisting people who are being terrible parents. Mm-hmm. Like I can't walk by it comfortably. Right. I, I become very uncomfortable. I absorb all that stuff into my body and I, I can't, I, I, but I, but I'm not the first one that I'm not going to chest up and punch the parent. Right. Um, because you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life, but it, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, so what I started to learn about myself in the few times that I would let myself write songs that were angry is I learned very quickly that when songs succeed and I've had songs succeed since I was 22. If your song is about being angry, you have to re-sing it every night. (laughs) And revisit that place right and if it took a lot of effort to get there in the first place imagine what you're going to have to do every night and would it change me as a person and so i made a a decision early no hate songs i'm just not going to do it because my ambition is to have a career in music that is grand, long, right, and 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 has the tenet of I want my music to go as far as possible, and I'm agnostic about the delivery method. <laughs> I don't really care. I just I, I want the songs to move, and I want I right. want it to go. And um, so I got really really underdeveloped. Uh, I have underdeveloped muscles about being angry in music. So uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to play on someone else's angry song. Uh, I'm happy to never play an angry song for anyone, something that I'm just mad about. Uh, so when we started Dark Water, I started to really get in touch with um, the emotions of, of darkness and, and, and regret and shame and truth and a lot of these topics that don't work in country music. Right. But or they're not popular in country music, but they are very popular in uh, what you call I don't know what they even dark water is rock or alternative country or maybe they call it Americana now. Um, and then I started to whenever you're writing for TV or film, you can kind of put on the Halloween costume of whatever it is you're writing for. So I right. had to write a couple of really angry kind of if I was the violent films. 15 years later, angrier band, but I didn't have to be me. I was just writing for a, a show about twisted politics, you know, right? <laughs> whatever. So, um, all this to say, I, I've, I've had to bury a lot of my anger and aggression and, 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 and leave it in the backyard. And so I don't, I don't go dig it up often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't let it spill out too often i also you know i keep myself as healthy as i can i do have a therapist so i do talk about when i'm getting upset but mostly i just don't want to get too upset yeah it just seems like that's like a a waste of time yeah so i gotta be real careful when i walk by weird parents or somebody cuts me off in the street or i'm very aware that if i get mad and i start to find myself upset about it how i behave Right. Because as a kid, I wasn't allowed to because of this sort of ACOA growing up life, being upset and having anyone pay any attention to you because you're mad or whatever. It it never works because your parents are trashed. So they don't they don't it doesn't register to them. So uh, those emotions don't 
cause anything to happen. So you don't develop them as outward expressions. So if I'm mad at something, you will never know. I'll just be pissed. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so, so the worst I am at on the worst day is like terribly vindictive about something that happened. And then I have to just let it go somehow. Um, I'll usually just, you know, like watch Game of Thrones or something and someone will kill someone. I'll be like, yeah, man, or something. Uh, but I found myself writing it and I wrote it in, in different ways. And I've, I've allowed a song on 52 that is a deep expression of this. Mm-hmm. And it's called uh, uh, Somebody Promised You. And it's this frustration of how am I back in the same place after all of this work of trying to get around or get through how am I back at being a kid of ACOA? How, how is it that I'm back here again? How is it after I, 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 how am I having the same experiences? Didn't I learn anything (laughs) is essentially what it is. So within that parentheses, I allowed myself to be angry about a lot of things that I keep repeating. And it's things I, I, how did I believe this? How did I believe that you're, that this is the way the world works, for instance. And what's fun about this song is it could be me talking to me or me talking about you or you mm-hmm. talking about me, right? Mm-hmm. So it works in all sorts of different ways. So it's it's both very self-sabotaging, but at the same time, it is absolutely me being pissed off. Like, did you really think that you deserve flowers on Valentine's Day just because Valentine's Day? Did I not, did I, did I sign up for the, an army of yours that you didn't tell me I'm enlisted in? Right? Like, uh, wait a minute. Who, who told me that I should be able to write my own songs and play them on the records and radio? Who did I believe? Did someone lie to me? Did I lie to me? Did I hear that wrong? My whole life, did I believe that like, for instance, the, the line that chokes me up every time is, who told you you get to see your mom? Mm. Right? And if you know me, you know my mom passed away when I was 30. But whoever promised you that you could? Because whoever did that, I know at 31 years old that you lied. Yeah. Right? So it's 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 the destruction of innocence. And also the personal, like anger of being deceived and also deceiving yourself. Like, how did I buy into this? (laughs) So it's this idea that somebody promised you, you might've, somebody else might've, you might've believed something that was written in a book or in a movie somewhere that that's the way the world world worked. But, um, whatever your, your, your preconception of the world is, is not working out and and I'm pissed about it. Right. I'm pissed that I even bought whatever you were selling (laughs) in the first place. So we'll listen to it and then we'll start talking about anger. All right. This is great because I really don't know how to talk about this. This is going to be really funny. (laughs) Okay. So this is off of 52. uh, New Blue. This is called Somebody Promised You. This is a, if, if my nineties are truly showing, this is my Pearl Jam. This is your Pearl Jam. How can this be the same place? I thought I was moving, thought I was getting somewhere. Man, it's so confusing. I was just here. Feels like it's been a long, long race How did I end up back in the same place? Tell me who promised you A happy ever after Who promised you You were gonna find the gold 
Christian's voice sounds different than happy Christian's <laughs> really oh yeah yeah do you not you recognize that right like that song your voice is different you sound like almost like a different artist in that song. really yeah I don't, that's not doesn't register to me that's just me when I'm singing at that thing well you when you're singing at that thing your voice is a little bit lower and and in the range isn't there that you would typically have huh I guess you're right. Well, it's because I'm tense. Right. Yeah. Angry Christian's growly. <laughs> I guess I never even thought about it that way. Thank you for saying that. I'd never really sat that. So- I've never really talked to anyone about this song, like even in conversation. So this is a, I'm discovering a lot of things about like, how did I want to set the song up to, so you heard it. Yeah. Um, But does it make any more sense? I mean, you've heard it a few times. Yeah. Uh, but do you have questions? <laughs> like, <laughs> what what can I learn from this moment? I don't. I don't know. I think the things that that I'm intrigued by. It's like, what does it take to get you that mad? And after you get that mad, are you like done? Are you just like over it? Like, are you just like done? Or does like all the thing the only thing that has happened is something like, oh, I'm sorry about that, and then you're over it. Because I'm both ways. Like, it, it takes a really long time to get me mad. But if you get me that mad, I'm probably, like, done for, like, ever with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, the person that inspired that, I'm done forever. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, this was not memorializing that person. It was just talking about myself. Right. And I just, I knew that the the song, every time I'd listen back to that recording, because 
I would listen to it because it would it would pop up. I named it two things. It was called the same place, and also somebody promised you. <laughs> but I think um, so. I've been confused about that song for a long time. Even what to name it? Yeah. But I thought it really belonged on this collection. Yeah. Because I think it is the least country song I have, depending on how you're looking at it. Right. But it it still tells the truth. And if I, you know, part of the overarching conversation of this volume three of uh, New Blue 52 is that there are are things that I've learned in my 20s musically that I depend on every day. Yeah. Um, and that I attribute all of my success to because I learned it then. And this song is a great example of one of those things, which is uh, music can have a, a dramatic amount of power. Yeah. If you're willing to go wield it and just don't be afraid of the sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't, you don't have to always be bringing flowers. Yeah. You know, but it's a hard thing to get my head around as a person when I look in the mirror because I don't really see that me. I <laughs> know. Oh, I understand that. We're, we're very, we're, we're pretty similar. I, t- I totally get that. But you feel that. And yeah, no, I. Mm. But it, it was a controlled stabbing. It was a, it, it was, it was a controlled stabbing. It's a controlled stabbing. So if you listen back to that song over and over a couple of times, a few things you'll, you'll probably notice. One is it's a live recording. So the drummer is playing at the same time. We're all doing our stuff. Right. Right. Uh, which is how they're reacting to me because there's no chorus or verse. Right. It's just on or off mm-hmm. uh, the way every 90s song was, by yep. the way. Um, and I just kept changing the words to fold in on themselves. Sometimes it's me being angry because somebody told me something. Somebody it's sometimes it's me being angry about myself. Right. Um, you know, like the thing that chapped my ass about the person that a freaking you know, a couple of these, it's like, who promised you, you could be the black sheep. Like, did you just decide that somehow your whole life is terrible because you nobody likes you or you, you feel like you're the, disappointment of your family so you're gonna take that shit out on me like i was mad i was just livid at the um the shame of me letting somebody mess with me that much but also how dare you treat another human being the way you treated me right you know and so i use that as the jumping point for a lot of this and very quickly as because it's me i want to turn it on me first so if you're going to use a sword, you know, weirdly, I'm after my own neck. That's just the psychology of, of being the kid that I was. Now, this is not an okay thing to be as an adult. I'm saying it out loud to everyone who's listening. Those skills that you developed as a child were wonderful and you made it through. And you no longer need those and therefore you can discard them because you will never get another relationship again in your life successfully if you don't let that shit go. And it's not even that, but just let yourself heal it. Let yourself hug yourself and learn to trust and start asking for help. Right. And, 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 uh, start using your voice. Right. So, which leads us to the second song here, which is a song called stand up. And this is a Sugarland song off of the incredible machine. And Jennifer and I wrote it, um, a good part of this song, I, I think I had written ahead of time and I'd brought it to her and it has that kind of repetitiveness of, of chorus that I, I do. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of the things I like is when you sing something more than once, does it have more value or does it have an increasing value? Like every time I say something again, do you think about it again? Plus the first time you thought about it and therefore does it take on more power and I was in a in a very odd place and I talked about this before you and I have of um being the guy in the band that you didn't hear his voice right right and this song is about using your voice right and uh this was also one of those uh songs that we treated a little bit more like a duet 
Yeah. And uh, it had come off of the last record. We had, we had, we had almost brushed up against doing that on the last record and it just hadn't worked out. I just sort of quietly went back to the corner when there, nobody remembered. And so this time when it was up, I knew my voice sounded good on this song because I, I'm, I'd kind of cooked it up to begin with, but right. typically with Jennifer and I'm, what's interesting is her voice is so low and my voice is, uh, also low, but like, I'm not a tenor. I don't sing really high, um, Dan and Shayness, you yeah. know, Shane Mooney. Yeah. I just don't do it because I, I, up there, my voice doesn't sound so good, but it has this kind of gravelly stuff that we just heard and. Uh, so I right. promised you, right? If I'm going after a certain power range in my voice, it's very small. And Jennifer's power range is really big, right? So you think if you do the math right, you can come up with the perfect stuff. And we typically do. It's just that mine's always supportive. It's never the lead vocal. Because when I have lead vocal, it's not high enough. The harmony's not high enough for her to be in her power range. So we always had this kind of interesting... Like, how do we navigate this? And we loved arranging our songs. It was one of the things we learned from the Indigo Girls. It's mm-hmm. one of the things I love about working with Andrew and Billy Pilgrim is that we we spend so much time arranging the song because it sounds cool when we do this with our voices. Right. So this song was uh, all of that. And it was also me um, at a time. I mean, we were in 2009, 2010, where... This whole idea of people using their voices to be heard, especially people who were unheard. Right. Right. And while it was, it was kind of criticized at the time, now it's a lot more fashion in fashion to right. have a show like ours where um, everyone's welcome, like. Uh, no matter what your sexuality or your your color or your job or your your income or your I don't know even if you didn't speak English you were kind of welcome at a Sugarland show <laughs> like right we didn't care we were here for the music and we felt like we had just gotten lucky anyway <laughs> in the grand like who gets to have this life life that a song like Stand Up became important to us and I. I remember telling her when, when we were going into the process of this, I was like, well, you got to kind of imagine like, like when I first had any inkling of who you two was, I was a kid on a school bus and somebody had played for me this EP that was released in America. Later on, I found it was very programmed, but, (laughs) uh, at the time it was this image of a white flag being waved around at Red Rocks by the opening act. Right. And that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And I always loved this idea of instead of just being punk, like use your, use the power that punk was wielding in a way that could change things. It's why I loved, um, not just you two, but REM and, uh, even after that, Coldplay, they're 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 using their voices to speak up about the the power of togetherness here. Like if we all say love is better than hate, or we all say that this is better than that, like a it's a it's a very empowering place. And I loved that about Sugarland, and this was the song that I wanted that to be there for. And this was as angry as I got at the time. At the time. And it was, you know, I was within the world of country music. Yeah. So angry was up to this point was just put a boot in their ass. You know, that was as far as we got. It's the American way. Right. Yeah. But it was being angry at another country. Right. This was just being frustrated that you were being silenced. Right. So uh, this is uh stand up from Incredible Machine.
change if we just get started Left the darkness, light a fire For the silent and the broken hearted Won't you stand up, stand up, stand up Won't you stand up, you girls and boys Won't you stand up, stand up, stand up Won't you stand up and you of that whole album <laughs> does it make a little more sense in context now oh i love you know, to what else we're talking about yeah like, absolutely uh that was fun to listen to actually oh it's it's great fun to listen to it and yeah, like i think i produced the crap out of that you did produce the crap out of you, you <laughs> produced the crap well. you produced the crap uh, out of that whole album no it was it's, it's, it's a funny story that has nothing to do with being angry but when that album came out um I somehow managed to download it on my phone. It's the only album I ever had on my phone. Oh, really? So when ever. The, when the when your connection to the internet went out, you always had that one. Well, every time <laughs> you get in a in the car, that's what starts playing. Uh, Even still, so since really? that album comes out, it's still the only album on my phone. So you know there might be, and it's weird. There might be like demos somebody sent me, but it's always like the Incredible Machine album and that random demo that that. That's saved on the phone. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm 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 very very. I've probably listened to that album more than any other album in my life by virtue of of it being ver- like, of of that. Yeah, no, it's your it, your it's the ghost album in your phone. It's the ghost album in my phone. You're you're the ghost in my phone. <laughs> you're the ghost in my phone. Christian I'm Bush. totally writing that song. But but no, you did produce the crap out of that, and it just sounds it sounds huge and powerful and strong. And, and when I, like, I know what I think that song is about, you know, like for me and typically, you know, the season that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I just, I, it seems to be wearing well with time. Like just listening to that. Oh yeah. Just the topic itself seems to still be available. Like yeah. it doesn't age. 
No, and I think that what was uh, nice about what I, maybe what I forgot about the song that I just remembered is that um, Jennifer and I really did arrange those vocals in a way that allowed it to be really powerful. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think there is added power in the fact that, that you're both on it, that you're, that it, it communicates as we're we're a team yeah and 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 very much i mean that whole album we it was just us against the world yeah you know pretty much what that was and um i just i i love that when i was talking a little bit before we listened there about the you know like you two with the sheet i remember telling her i was like you know kind of imagine this imagine if you got like a you're in a field and all you have is like a, a stick and a bed sheet and you tied the bed sheet to the stick in two places and you had a spray paint can and you just sprayed love on a big white flag and you just waved it back and forth. That's what I'm talking about. And she was like, why don't we do that? Mm-hmm. Which was always the fun thing about our relationship was like, I would describe something and she'd be like, sure. Oh, can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> and I just never had anybody give me permission like that Yeah. to, to, I mean, I was, I was, that was metaphorical to me, you know, like, right. But, uh, that was one of the great things about that partnership is it was a, a materialization very quickly yeah. of an idea. And I, cause that, you know, I can, I got, I can channel an idea in six seconds. Oh, I know. It's just not necessarily the best one. I need some improvement, <laughs> but, uh, so what are some of the angriest songs you know about in the world of music? I mean, have you ever thought about it that way? I've never, I know, I haven't. I, I don't spend, I I try not to spend a lot of time. On those kinds of songs? On that emotion. On that emotion. So you're not really drawn to those songs anyway? No. No. I am drawn. There's a lot of female, like, I'm going to key your car because you cheated on me songs. Yeah, no, that's not me. But that's a different kind of mad. Yeah, and I don't have that kind of mad. I have no interest in being with someone in any capacity who doesn't want to be with me. So I'm not going to go key your car. Just get out. <laughs> Correct. Okay. You know, sure. And, but, you know, stand up and, and, and use your voice or, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I think that's great because you're encouraging people to do something. You're encouraging them to take charge. But in, in real life, I don't know that getting mad about things often helps any situation. You know, I, I I think about, you know, I think about Tuesday's Broken off the last, you know, when that song came about, we were all mad about things that were happening in the world. And, but instead of, to me, instead of getting mad, what you did was you kind of wrote a solution. You like, you wrote your own solution in that song. Right, right. Like, and you gave people, you gave people permission to feel those feelings and, and you help them talk about it. So, whereas oftentimes being mad just sits there, you took action. And I think those are the things, typically the things that I value, because I think being mad often doesn't do anything except get you in more trouble. (laughs) Well, it is very much a, you know, if you consider anger emotion just like anger physical like violence begets violence right right so um like all it does if you go push somebody is it makes them want to push you back right (laughs) i i wish that i got mad i wish that i got mad and i wish that i stayed mad i would probably be a healthier person with fewer scars if i did Hmm. but if but if i get mad i'm probably going to get over it quickly especially if you're nice to me right Um, Right, 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 right. You know, so, but no, I, yeah, stand up and use your voice. Journalist for crying out loud. Yeah. Well, well, do you get mad with, uh, do you write opinion pieces ever? No. Have you ever been an opinion writer, like for a newspaper or anything? They've wanted me to. Maybe when you, when you're like old. (laughs) Maybe. You know, you can be like the opinionated I, I just think lady that I don't know. Rawr, rawr. I've always felt like, like I don't want anyone to tell me what I'm supposed to think. And oh, I don't okay. want to tell anyone else what they're supposed to think. Gotcha. Because we all have our reasons. 
Yeah. And and I don't know that if someone's made up their mind, it's going to be real hard to change it. And my reasons for thinking the way that I do are probably going to be different than theirs. That's so what's happening right now. I'll say this because I know this is the season of it. Yeah. But um, because I live in Georgia. Yeah. I am surrounded by politics. Oh, yeah. And not just politics right now, but politics in the last X number of years. Oh, yeah. And it is pretty dramatic. And I have I have really had a long, long, long conversation with my children about um, being political mm-hmm. and what the my definition of what that looks like is and uh i I will say it out loud because it 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 echoed some of the things you were just saying about which is i you can't change a person's mind that's already made up their mind nope um and there are a bunch of people who hadn't made up their minds yet and on any particular subject right and um and they are also people that are there and some of the, you know, there are polls and there are this and there are that, and there's lots of different things, but we have this, uh, amazing conversation that has gone on in Georgia, which is a great reminder. And it's very reflective of the Sugarland ethos. And it's very reflective of maybe what we're talking about, which is how do you get mad in a way that has a value system? That's to constructive. It? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I've been watching it happen and it's, Somewhat, uh, le- the leadership on it is a, a, a woman from Georgia named Stacey Abrams. But the the concept is, and while she's just a person in that in this right. concept, um, is look, I don't care what you believe in. You live in a place where you can do that, right? What I care about is using your voice. Yeah. So just vote. Right. Just just vote. It doesn't matter to me personally. I have opinions about how I want to live and how I want my neighborhood to look and feel and uh, how I, the opportunities I want to have or I want my kids to have or I want my neighbor to have or whatever. And and those change depending on who you are, wherever you are. Right. But freaking vote, like sitting around complaining should not be allowed like somehow I wish there was a way that if you didn't vote that you didn't get to complain that every time you wanted to uh, your opinion to show up, you didn't get one. Yeah. Like like you would there would be a mute button on your mouth that as hard as you were trying, nothing would come out because you didn't vote. Um, it, it's uh, it's one of these things where I think if that were to happen we would start to pay attention to voting our interests. Yeah. You know, cause sometimes they're much different than you think they are. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I use a lot, I use songwriting as an example. Oh, for sure. That one was hard for me. Because- so, so once you figure out that um, being paid as a songwriter is um, not a right, <laughs> it's being negotiated right all the time by different people some people don't like spotify don't want to pay or apple don't want to pay or like youtube doesn't want to pay or they or they they're cool with paying it but they just don't want to pay much and they're or they'd like to not pay it for a long time and then pay you more over time and then they're gonna just like lose the memo where that was on and so you think to yourself well can't somebody fix it and then you start to realize the people you elect are the only people there to fix it and then you start paying attention to who you elect and weirdly you'll start seeing people that maybe are not in your political party yep that are out there fighting for you particularly in the in the yeah you know you you live in Tennessee oh, I there's do. some upside down cake going on all the time oh for the love of god if you could if you you know when you start voting your interests you have to start paying attention to what you're doing you know, let's say if you were a dog owner and not a, and a cat owner and you only had to vote for dog interests because you had dogs, then are you voting against cats or just for dogs? Right. So you, you, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that the world has tricked us into. Am I mad because I was a kid of an alcoholic and I just never got to express it? Or 
am I mad because it's the first emotion of three? Like it's the easiest one to get to, but really I'm upset and sad underneath it, but I'm being mad first, you know, like, and is that okay? Like, do I think there's so many questions about being human that there are no simple answers for, right? Much like there's these politics, there's no simple answers for, but I love the idea as far fetched as it might be that if you are given autonomy in order to express your emotion, your vote, your whatever, doing it grants you the ability to communicate about it. (laughs) So if for some reason you don't ever do it, then you can't really say anything. (laughs) Now that negates like experience, but I also, I, I, you know, it, it, it upsets me sometimes when people vote on record of the year have never made a record. Sure. That kind of makes me mad. Like I don't vote on car of the year. <laughs> I don't make cars. Ask people who make cars. Right. Right. Fascinating. I'm just going to toss that out there. That's my little like mm-hmm. Christian, not Rogan Bush. <laughs> That's right. You like that? Well, Cindy has been great sitting yes. with you through my anger. Thank you oh, for my, time. for my therapy today. Oh, Yes, I will. I will be your 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 sounding board mm-hmm. whenever you need. And I'll, I only have one word for you. What is that? Doug. <laughs> D U G. Doug. All right. Till next time. All right. Hey, everybody. Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of Fifty Two. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.